Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take the 10th caller just to start this thing off in a big way. At 412-922-1020, win that $25 gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford. Of course, Doug and Jess are here to answer all of your calls when it comes to your gardening needs. The Organic Gardener's on the air until 8 o'clock, 866-391-1020, or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. And ladies and gentlemen, here they are, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser of the triblive.com place that you can find all sorts of good stuff about what they do when they're not here entertaining you on Sunday. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com. And I am horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Good morning. It's been a little rainy. Rain, 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 (laughs) rain, rain. I know. I guess we shouldn't complain, but I'm complaining. (laughs) It is, it is, uh, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day about this. Like, this is prime weather for tomato fungal diseases and, and, uh, yeah, I've been visiting, I've been visiting gardens and I'm, I'm always pointing it out. Like, uh, that's, uh, you got a septoria leaf spot there. Yeah. You think the plant will make it? Oh, it'll make it. All right. Just get that. Just not going to look so. foliage off there and start treating. We like to use Serenade. That's what I recommend for people is just organic fungicide. But, yeah, this is the weather. That's why I'm, I'm continuing to plant my tomatoes. You know, I'm finding them, of course, on sale and uh, getting some big plants and sticking them in a big early girl. I put in the other day. Oh, it looked nice, you know. Which is a good way. That's a good way to hedge your bets against the fungal disease, right? Because if the early ones that you put in now that have been exposed to all this rain and they are going to be more prone to them. And if you put some newer, bigger ones in now and we do end up drying out a little bit, they're not going to be as prone to those fungal diseases. So that that's a smart way to do it. Some For some reason, I have not seen it in my garden yet. But yeah, it will, I haven't either. It will. It, it'll, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything we can, like, you know, mulch it the day we plant and keep them far apart and keep them off the ground and it's just a matter of time though with this this kind of rain but you know for some of the other things though i i I actually have hostas that are uh, overtaking other hostas (laughs) because they're loving this weather so much empress Wu has started to which is this huge hosta i gave jess a piece last year but it's starting to bloom and it's it's actually uh, taken over some in substance, so I got to move. I got to which get, is another big one. Yeah, I got to so, get yeah. some in substance out of there and move somewhere else. Uh, my son created this bed yesterday. Him and his buddy, you know, he has a new house, and and I went over there, <laughs> and it's huge. It's like, is he gonna what? Is it vegetable bed? No, or this is the front, in the front of the, right next to the driveway. And he's like, well, what kind of plant should I get for that? I Aww. said, what? That's 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 huge. So we went to Han, looked around, went, went to the back, to the bargain bin back there and got some some cool stuff. You filled it up, I'm sure. Yeah, not filled it up, but I got some plants for him that I'm going to 
dig out of my garden to get rid of or to uh, pass along. Don't pass along any weeds, though, because you don't want him to get discouraged. <laughs> you know, That's you don't true. want him to get discouraged. So if you've got stuff in there like that bamboo that you have that runs everywhere, that yeah, takes I'm not, over, I'm, I'm don't not, give him I'm any of that. Anybody that bamboo That's from the kid sure. you couldn't even get to cut the grass. Now he yeah. has a, has a yeah. garden. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, all right, listen eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdk.com. They're coming back to answer your phone calls. Getting a little busy, so if you have a question, I highly urge you to dial 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdk.com. Congratulations to Paulette of Pittsburgh, winner of that $25 gift certificate to Sorgles. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020, KDK. All right, Doug has some thoughts and then right to the phones. Doug. Join me today at 2 o'clock at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald. We're going to talk all about pollinator plants and how to grow for the pollinators. Uh, That's something that Russ Bedner is really excited about and and really thinks is important. It's free and open to the public today, 2 o'clock at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. Let's say hi now to Rich in Crafton. Rich, how you doing? Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. First of all, your friends at Settler Ridge and the Robinson Bishu guys, you need to come out to a show out at our mall or whatever. Uh, we would love my, to. My question is, uh, is there a natural way of getting rid of spiders? I know some spiders around my windows and patio uh, screen, and that's, I thought I read somewhere there's a natural thing you can spray or use to get rid of the spiders. Yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things where spiders outside in the garden are so good, but I understand why you don't want them in your house. Very few people want them in the house. And, uh, you know, some people would put, like, those Osage oranges in the windows, but there's been some research saying that they really don't work. Some people will spray, um, like, citrus oil uh, in the corners of their windowsills and things, saying that it detracts the spiders as well. Um, I haven't tried it myself. I haven't read any research that says whether or not it works, but I certainly know that some people do do it. Um, and you can buy like uh, citrus essential oils at like health food stores and things like that. Try to put a little bit of that in those windowsills, and that and that might, um, you know, help. So when deter. I ser- when I search online, I get uh, Riddick's Sonic. I squish them when I see them, but <laughs> uh, when I look for spider repellent online, I get Riddick's Sonic Plus pest repellers. Oh, so they're those things that you plug in? Yeah. Yeah, and they put out like a sonic sound. They uh-huh. have them for mice, too. Um, you know, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know I don't that know. they work. My thing is with them, you know, they're going to set up shop there no matter what you do, just because it's a great place for them to, you know, capture food. So you just kind of have to regularly get rid of those cobwebs and make it an unwelcome environment for them. So thanks for your call. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Judy in New Alexander. Hey, Judy. Good morning, folks. Uh, Bringing up the spiders, I have another question for you in addition to my original one. Ants in the garden, are they a problem or should I just leave them be? Leave them be. They're absolutely not a problem. In fact, in many cases, they're good for the garden. They help aerate the soil and uh, do all kinds of good stuff. So don't worry about Great. them. Great. Okay, my other question. I have a container with a trumpet plant. When I transplanted it, when I first got it, put it into the container with some mulch. It's doing beautifully, lots of green, but my flowers are, have all gone, fallen off, and they have not returned, no buds or anything. So I've got lots of foliage, but no color. What can I do to help it? Okay, let's define first what you mean by trumpet plant. So uh, they kind of hang down? Yes. And, and they it s- is not a vine. It and, is more of a bush. And do they smell really good in the evening in particular? 
Well, they did, but okay. again, I have no no flowers here. Right. All I have are the greens. Okay, so it's probably an angel's trumpet or brugmansia yes. is what it's called. Um, and they're a great plant. I will tell you this right now. Mine is beautiful, but no flowers on it yet either. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. They do like, you know, a long season. They're a very tropical plant. They like nice hot weather. We've been having a lot of rain. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. But what you want to make sure that you avoid is if you fertilize it, make sure that you don't add any extra nitrogen to it because nitrogen will produce a lot of green, often at the expense of flowers. So uh, if you're going to use a, like a liquid fertilizer to fertilize that pot, make sure that you choose one that stimulates blooms. It has a little bit higher phosphorus, which is the middle number on the, of the three numbers on the bottle. Um, okay. So that would be a good thing to help stimulate those blooms. But in this case, I think it's really just a matter of the plant needing to be a little more mature and we need to be a little later in the season. Okay, Jessica, then at the end of the season, is that going to be stable to come into the house and will it be okay? Yeah, you can, you can overwinter it one of two ways. You can overwinter it as a house plant just by, you know, keeping it in a sunny room in your living room or whatever and continuing to water it. Or you can do what I do, which is overwinter it in dormancy. And I just drag it into the garage and stop watering it. And just it'll all the leaves will fall off and it looks like a dead stick. And it just sits there dormant for the whole winter. And then I bring it back out in the spring and start watering it and it leafs out and does beautiful. Does it usually have blooms on it when you bring it back in? Is that how, is it like more towards the end of the season? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where it like, you know, it looks really really good right when frost is about to strike and I have to take <laughs> it inside. So yeah, that's the way it goes, but it's still a plant very worth growing. Great. Thank you very much for your help. You have a great day. You too. Alright, let's keep the calls coming. Anita McKeesport. Hey, Anita, good morning. Oh, good morning. Hey, um, I got these little, um, strawberries growing in my grass and um they're real tiny and are they edible um i left them there though i thought maybe the birds might like them so it's it depends uh are they sort of round shaped as opposed to sort of tapered like a regular strawberry is Yes. Yeah. So that's a that's a weedy species. They are not considered to be edible. They're not poisonous, but they're not edible not really tasty. either. Yeah, they're not something that you would want to eat. I've never seen the birds eat them. Have you ever seen the birds eating them, Doug? Something's got to eat them, though. A fruit like that, maybe yeah. a little little mice. Maybe you'll get invaded with mice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't worry about them too much. I mean, I don't think they're, you know, they might compete with your grass a little bit, but they're certainly not something that you would want to harvest and eat. Okay. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bill, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners with Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Yeah, maybe you can all answer my question without going to Davey. I have a, a shag hickory uh, nut tree, it's about uh, 10 foot tall, but it comes up about uh, 8 inches and branches off into two about the same size. I'm wondering if uh, if part of this should be cut off at this time or just let it do its thing. Oh, I see what you mean. So you were, it has a, it has what's called a crotch, right? A branch off real low. Yeah, and how big is it? it, it, it Actually, it's just like a V almost, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and they're uh, they're so close the same size. If I went to cut one of them off, I wouldn't even know which one to cut. Right. So there's one, not one that's more dominant than another one. No, in other that, words. that's the whole thing. Right. I, 
I put them I put them in as just uh, dry roots uh, uh, probably 10, 12 years ago. But now uh, it comes up. Uh, all the rest of them are fine, but this one. Mm-hmm. How, how tall? A, how tall is it now? Uh, it's probably 10 to 12 foot high. If it was me, I would ask uh, an arborist to look at it. What do you think, Chuck? I, I, uh, could you give me the number for Davey? I, I get a number, but it's out in East Pittsburgh, and nobody answers that phone. Yeah, hold on. Let me give you their um, their main number here. I have it uh, in my phone. And yeah, you know, with that's complicated. You've got to have somebody take a look at it and see if, first off, if I, if one can be cut, or if maybe that you should just. Leave them both. Yeah, leave yeah. them both. If it's not going to weaken well, the tree, that's my question also. Right. So, right. So their uh, number, Davey? Yeah, their number, their general number is eight five five. Eight five five nine eight two nine eight two. Uh huh. Eight seven three three. Eight seven three three. Yep, and those are the folks that Dave. For everybody else listening, that's Davy Tree, and uh, they have a, a ton of uh, ISA certified arborists on staff that can help you with all of your tree care needs, and they can provide great advice about uh, tree maintenance as well. That's well, a got, tough choice whether or not to do that. Yeah, yeah. I got a call from the Garlic King of Portview uh, because we there is such a thing. Yes, there is. Does he have the crown and everything I'm, and the yeah, scepter? It's probably and, just a big garlic looking head of garlic yes. on your head and yeah. also talk to my friend tom walker uh in millvale my my garlic the garlic king of millvale there you go and i've pulled some of my garlic too i see that it, we've started harvesting early uh, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks but yeah mine was ready to go uh when i got in there to take a look at it and i saw tom pulled some of his and the garlic king of portview was going to take a look at his too so if you get in there and and pull it, and you see that it's, it has nice white sheath. It's really kind of starting to dry a little bit and tight around the the uh, clove cloves. It's time to it's time to pull. And talk about what you look for on the foliage when that that's giving telling you it might be. Well, time. you know, actually, you're looking for you want to get it fifty percent brown, but it's not getting fifty percent. Is it fifty percent brown or fifty percent yellow? Is it like more daffodils? Of a brown, and more then of, it, more okay, of a brown. More of a brown. Okay, uh, and. Uh, yeah, mine just kind of flopped over, actually. The green mm. was still there, and I was like, boy, that doesn't look right. And so I started pulling them, and they looked uh, looked looked real good. And then, like I said, when I went to Tom's, he, he was pulling his, and his his was uh, substantially better looking than mine. So you want to pull it up. You want to see a nice, fat head of garlic with, with a nice, the, white, papery yeah, if, sheath. If it's if it's still kind of wet and kind of oily... That sheath, uh-huh. it's, it hasn't matured yet. Okay, and then but if the it's already in. started to split, which we've already heard people have have, have called and said yeah. that the it's already started to split, then you know you got to use it within a month or so because it just doesn't store well. So, so you think it, everybody that's growing garlic should pull one out today? Yeah, and take check a look it at it. See. Take a look okay. at it. See what your foliage looks like. See what your stalks look like. You know, I just cut my scapes like two weeks ago. You know, I mean, so it's just like. And some of the some of the plants are still haven't still have scapes on them, but you know if the if the foliage is turning turn brown, if they're falling over, you know, 
sooner is better than later mm-hmm. to pull it. Mm-hmm. All right, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. We've got lines available, so if you have a question for Doug or Jess, please feel free to give them a call. That's 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. CBS Radio News coming your way with an update at 31 past the hour. We'll be back with sports news coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. Pirates win again. They are of just four games out of first place, all alone in third place in the Central Division. They're in primetime tonight in St. Louis. Chad Cool gets the start against Mike Leak. And, of course, we'll have it for you a little after 8 on 93.7 The Fan. And more on Pirate Baseball today with our guy who's all about the Major League Baseball scene. He's Bruce Tanner, professional scout with Detroit on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11.30. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDK. We begin the second half hour of this great show that is heard every week with your stars, Doug and Jess, of course, Oster and Walliser from the Tribune Review, uh, with the giveaway that people just can't wait for. It's Janoski's and Clinton. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you will take that gift certificate home. And join me today at 2 o'clock at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald. I'll be showcasing lots and lots of cool pollinator plants. It's the last day of pollinator week. That's a big deal for you, Jessica, being the bug expert. And today, 2 o'clock, Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. It's absolutely free and open to the public. And last year, I got a really great Japanese maple there for, of course, a bargain. Nice, (laughs) nice. It's one called Bihou, B-I-H-O-U. And in the winter, the bark turns like orangish-red. Ooh, oh, it's just great. And then when it uh, it leaves out in the spring, it has chartreuse leaves that are tinged in red. Ugh, oh, sounds awful. <laughs> and I was, wouldn't want anything like that. It was that. only 50 bucks uh-huh. and it was already full, fully grown. What wow. is that one you grow that I like? I want to get one of those. You know what? I don't know the name. I got it years and years ago. With um, really bright... And it has bright in the in the spring. They the leaves come out and they're bright orange, and then as the season progresses, they turn to this gorgeous chartreuse color, and it, it's just beautiful. I love it. We have it at the top of the steps cool up to the backyard, and it just yeah. When the deer now the deer have discovered it, and uh, so I keep having to they they're jumping the fence this year uh, for some reason, and I have to get out there and keep spraying with the deer. Now spray. I had my worst year last year. And they're not coming into my garden in this this summer yet, yeah. you know, so far. But last year it was just disaster. Not only it was rabbits, groundhogs, and deer. Ugh. Oh, my. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that is an but oh, my. This, this year, so far, so good. I'm sure they'll they'll find it at some point. But I've yeah. been lucky because I've got completely untreated hostas outside Ugh. outside of the vegetable garden that no one's eating. For the first time, they ate our hostas in front of the shed. So they are jumping the fence. You know, I think it's one dough that keeps coming in. So, But what are you going to do? And you actually... Uh, I just keep spraying. When I was fishing yesterday... A big buck just came down to the to the lake and didn't see me. Which is fine. That's a great place for them <laughs> to be. Just <laughs> walked around. Yeah, plenty of stuff to eat right there. Don't yeah. go into the into people's yards. Right, exactly. All right, let's get right to the phones and say hello to Virginia. Hey, Virginia, good morning. Oh, oh good morning. Say, I have um, a question about a plant called pansy that's like pansy, but this is spelled with T-A-N-S-Y. Uh-huh. And this person tells me that it keeps out ants and spiders. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. I've heard that reputation yeah. for it. And actually, when I did uh, Google spider repellent, the first thing for like natural remedies, and again, this is internet stuff, so who knows, was herbs. It didn't yeah. specifically say tansy, but said use herbs. But 
Yeah, tansy has a really, um, it's in the Artemisia family, and it has really highly fragranced leaves, and I actually don't like the scent of them at all, but in the garden, it's fine. Yeah, so, I mean, you could take some of those leaves and dry them and put them on the windowsills and see if it helps detract from the spiders, but, or deter the spiders, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of faith in it. Okay, she swears by it. It takes over her yard, actually. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a very say. aggressive grower, for sure. A yeah. Very aggressive grower. Well, okay, it's worth a try. Right. Okay. right. All right. Thanks very Thank much. you. Mm, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, congratulations to Jay Crescent. Won himself a gift certificate to Janowski's. Text message for Doug and Jess. Can I prune water sprouts on pear trees now, or do I have to wait till spring? Yeah, you can go ahead and prune those water sp- sprouts out now, but just be super careful. Actually, I'm going to change that and say no, yeah. only because it's been so wet and you risk like fire blight infections um, and other bacterial and fungal issues are so bad right now. I would wait maybe until we get a lot drier weather later in the summer or even wait until the dormant season to do that pruning. Normally, I, w- I would think if it's a dry June, not that big of a deal. But at this point in the season, I, I would wait to do it. Boy, whenever you do that, too, you just you have to be so careful. Oh, and do. so even even I, I did a story recently about just taking cuttings on something like thyme, you know, yeah. and and there at Phipps, they have a spray bottle of alcohol on the cart mm-hmm. so that you're making sure that no, you're not spreading anything from one to the other. And yeah, you got and you're, they're using that to clean their clippers in yeah. between moving yeah, yeah. from one plant to the next. In wet seasons. You really have to be careful about this. But Doug and I were talking off the air, too, about what a great year it has been for blueberries in my garden. And the raspberries raspberries. are going to be crazy this year. Uh, We have bigger blueberries than we ever have. And I swear it's because uh, I did a really heavy pruning, not this past winter, but the winter before. And so if your blueberries are getting tiny berries and they're not doing so well, I mean, you should be pruning every uh, February or March, thinning out some of the older um, canes in those blueberry bushes, letting the new ones, you know, take over. And we are just absolutely loaded with blueberries. And to, they are huge Do you have to do year. anything to keep the birds off them? Do you, you know net what? it or not? So far, we do not have netted. Some years, the robins and the blue jays discover them, and then we have to put some netting up over over. Um, the Japanese beetles have emerged about a week early this year. Normally they come out maybe around June 26th, June 27th. They were out, I saw my first one at my house on June 19th, which is a week early. They do love the blueberries. But the trick with them for sure is to get rid of the initial week or two that you see them, the first few ones that come on, because Japanese beetles produce a pheromone that is um, a congregating pheromone. It's th- That's why they, they feed in clusters, right? It's, it's the gregarious feeding. And if you get rid of those first Japanese beetles the first few weeks after emergence, it cuts down on that pheromone being released, and it doesn't attract the scads of beetles that come in as the season progresses. Just handpick them, knock them into a hand-pick little... I go out, yeah, when I go out in the morning to pick the berries for the blueberries, I just have a jar of soapy water with me. And as I'm picking the blueberries, I knock them into there or I squish them just kind of between my fingers or between the leaves of the plant. And that really does help cut down on their numbers as the season progresses. But eventually, if they get real bad on those blueberries, I might have to cover the bushes with floating row cover uh, just to keep the beetles off of there because they do love feasting on those ripe berries. Um, they, they really are quite fond of them, and I don't want to share my berries with the Japanese beetles.
I don't even mind a couple birds, but the Japanese beetles, I definitely don't. Uh, and then it will only be another week or so before the red raspberries start rolling in. And I think I'm hearing from other gardeners on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram that their berry harvest seems to be really good this year. So I'm hoping the same can be said for some of our local farms, uh, the places that are pick your own, where you go and you know you, you, you take your, your quart box and you can go and, and pick the blueberries and raspberries. And if it's a good year for all of them, that's terrific too. Um, and we, they need to have some good years. All right, what we're going to do right now, take a break and come back. We've got one more segment with Doug and Jess today. So if you have a question, I highly urge you to call because we've got every line open for you at 866-391-1020. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020 KDKA. Well, I got a, I got a text from the Garlic King of Warrendale, Bill Zener, and he's already picked some two weeks ago, but he's sent me a picture of his garlic, and it is starting. It looks about halfway, halfway green, halfway brown. It looks like it's ready. He's going to take a look. All right, time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Denise, how you doing? Uh, good, although I could do without the rain. I actually, uh, you and Jessica have been to my home. I have to shovel mulch off of my deck because uh-huh. the rain was so hard the other day. Well, it washed down the hill and onto your deck? or uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I get to do later on today. Doesn't um, sound I- like much fun. Uh, no. Actually, I think I'm going to use a snow shovel that I have. It'll be a little easier on the deck. There you go. Yeah. And what else, what's going on in your garden? Good stuff? Uh, yeah, my tomatoes. You know, I've got lots of tomatoes coming. Um, my onions. I have some Cipollini onions that are ready to be harvested. Uh, still trying to get some flowers in because it keeps raining. Yeah, I'm lucky I got the garden in. I'm glad to hear you're still planting because I'm still planting too. Yeah, well, you know, the, it's weather be just a little bit more cooperative. I'd get home from work, get changed, and it would start raining as soon yeah. as I got home from work. So. Funny how that works, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> like they, they were watching me. It's like, okay, she wants to work. Let's start raining. Right, so. right. Well, good luck. I hope the week goes smoothly. We're going to hope for a little bit more of a drier week. I know all gardeners are. And then, obviously, at the end of July, we're all going to be wishing Begging it would rain. rain. Right, exactly. Let's say hi to Larry in Verona. Hey, Larry, good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners on KDK. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, hey, I have a problem here with... Uh, couple of dogwood trees uh, they bloomed real fine in April and that was very early like two weeks ahead of the normal for us and uh, we had a heavy frost uh, in early May and a Saturday and a Sunday morning and the tree the leaves are sort of curling and they haven't come back since that heavy frost and I'm wondering uh, is there some help me out yeah when- yeah so um one thing that if it's our native dogwood cornus florida they are very prone to a fungal issue called anthracnose which is caused by a couple different pathogens and it can cause leaves to curl it can cause uh sort of blotches or spots on the leaves uh and they should be able to 
get through a frost without any problem a dog yeah would. yeah so i mean you know these are fully hardy trees here so i suspect because of all the rain you may have a fungal issue happening there now you know one year of anthracnose on dogwoods not the end of the world but if it happens several years in a row then obviously can cause decline and eventual death in the tree so that would be a, an, a perfect example where you might want to call the guys at davy tree and have them come out and they actually they do come out for free and they assess the tree and see if they think any treatments are necessary necessary for it. Um, And in the case of dogwoods, because they're a beautiful, small native tree, it's certainly worth giving them a call and having them take a look and see if they think it's something worth um, worth treating. All right. Let's say hi to Susan in West Middlesex. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question uh, about my magnolia tree. Uh, We did not get one flower on our tree uh, this spring, and neither did any of our neighbors. Join the club. Oh, okay. Join the so Doug what? Oster Magnolia No Blooming Club. <laughs> oh, what happened? Apparently, it's not an exclusive club. No, so it was the weather. You know, yeah. the bu- bu- buds they were swelling, and then all of a sudden got cold. I actually, this is the first year that I have not got blooms out of that magnolia this in in probably year ten too. years. Yeah, you know, exactly. And I, I just wondered if it was unique to our neighborhood or... No. But it can be. I mean, it can be... Po- you can get sort of like a pocket of frost in a particular neighborhood or a particular area of the city where, you know, you have a particularly heavy frost right when the magnolias were at the right developmental stage and it, bl- it literally blasts out the blooms. Um, yeah, that's usually what happens. But at this time, there was no frost. And that's, that was the curious thing as to why. Why no flowers? Yeah. I well, in my, ca- in my case, it was it was a frost. I, I mean, I that was a kind of a weird, wacky early part of the season. And I watched as the buds were swelling, and I saw that I, I think it went down to really cold. Yeah, like, some, in, the, like in the 20s or something, or something like that. Yeah, or something, yeah. Something, that last cold snap we had. And I was just like, oh, those buds are too far along yeah. to handle that. It's just one of the ups and downs of gardening that you have to roll with. And just because Especially it happens, magnolias. yeah, if it happens one year, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen the next. So you could have a phenomenal bloom next year uh, if the if the weather cooperates. So I wouldn't worry too much you know, about it. I was at Phipps Garden Center this week, and they had a magnolia in, in full bloom, mm-hmm. and somebody was there but wasn't a horticulturalist and i was kind of trying to ask him like is this the first time it bloomed or did it put buds on and somehow is it blooming again yeah so was it one of the a saucer magnolia the purple one was it the, the pur- or was it like a virginia magnolia which mine is blooming right now it was purple a purple one. Yeah. So, so it must I have been a sure. repeat bloomer or something Maybe, like that. Maybe. I don't that. know. Huh, interesting. I'm trying to figure it out. my Virginia magnolia is gorgeous right now. That moon glow with those beautiful evening fragrant flowers. Uh, that That's my favorite magnolia. And in that walled garden at Mellon Park there behind Phipps Garden Center, that's the one at Shady and Fifth, all the stewardias were in bloom. Ah, nice. And they put those stewardias in probably yep. seven, eight years yep. ago. And yep. they're, they're looking good. And the gardener there... Angela was uh, experimenting with a new horticultural grade vinegar mm-hmm. for, for working on the, the weeds, weeds and the cracks. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll be interested to see how that goes. All right, we're coming back to wrap up the hour with Doug and Jess and get ready for the Coons Cooking Hour. Today we welcome produce manager John Clemens talking spring to summer produce. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. 
News Radio 1020 KDKA. Later on today, 2 o'clock, I will be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse talking all about pollinator plants. The event is free and open to the public. It is a very, very cool place, a great nursery. So I know that you're going to talk there about, you know, what plants to plant to attract pollinators. But I want to know in your own garden, what are the plants that you notice have the most diversity of pollinators on them? Well, you know, I love Tithonia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Tithonia has a lot lot of stuff on it. Um, hyd- my, hyd- my Annabelle hydrangeas. Really? Yeah, are just are filled. I posted a picture. Like, I don't know what any of these bugs are. But I posted one of it was like a little flying beetle that was just oh that was actually on a viburnum but uh, yeah just covered in 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 pollen so that it was almost it was camouflaged hmm. to be the color of the instead of being a little black beetle mm-hmm. it was the color of the pollen my Annabelle hydrangeas are covered um, I love when my uh, climbing rose now gets those. Like longhorn beetle type mm-hmm, things mm-hmm, on the there. The flower beetles, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I posted a picture where all you could see was the the flower and the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> it's pollinator week. Something's yeah. in there. Somebody is in there. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. I, the annual tithonia is not blooming yet. The Mexican sunflower, but when it blooms, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. That for me is uh, hands down the most butterflies, even over the butterfly bush and the button bush, which I both have, uh, have both of those as well. But the tithonia, the butterflies love that even more than the butterfly. And then my butterfly weed is just starting. It isn't open yet, but Mm -hmm. it's budding up. And that has a ton of like little, usually little green, like native bees Mm -hmm. and all sorts of crazy stuff on there. It's fun. I, this is my, one of my favorite times, especially to poke around in the garden with the camera, you know, with the close-up lens. I just, I love seeing all the all the different bugs on there. I wish I knew what they all were. Some of them I know, some of them I don't. And uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, it's nice to be able to promote them and not, by not using, you know, chemicals and letting the good bugs eat the bad bugs and just letting them know that they're doing their job. Yep, and appreciating that diversity in the garden, I think, is really valuable for us as humans as well to sort of realize that the more diversity of insects you have in the garden, the more stable the garden is and the less likely you are to have pest issues down the line. So it's it's all connected. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.